The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. Yes, it can seem rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, and it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of your inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. Here on The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Are you ready to step into your vibration of change? Welcome to The Christine Upchurch Show. You might be listening live here in the Seattle area on 1150 AM KKNW, anywhere around the world on Transformation Talk Radio. You might be listening after the fact on ChristineUpchurch.com or one of the dozens of podcasts that ends up. But wherever and whenever you're listening from today, welcome. So grateful you've joined us here. And you're going to be grateful, too, because we have a wonderful guest. Um, our guest today is Robert Robin Spiesman. Um, she is a New York Times bestselling author. Um, she's an award-winning um, author, and she's a popular keynote speaker. She's appeared in the media for decades, although she looks like she's probably only about 32. Um, and she's been on NBC's Today Show, gosh, something like 30 times. Uh, she's the author of a fairly new book called Loving Out Loud, which is going to make us look at LOL differently. I'd like to welcome our guest today, Robin Spiesman. Hey, Robin. Hi, Christine. It's so wonderful to be on your show. How is your day going? It's going wonderfully. We, ha- we have foggy weather here today, but it's not raining, so that's, that's something to be grateful for here in Seattle. How is your day going? <laughs> my, day, my day is a little challenged today, but I oh. think that that makes it so perfect because we're going to talk about even when we do not feel 100%. How do we return to that place that spreads kindness? So yes. people listen up because there's a lot of wisdom in the words that will follow. And what I find so fascinating is, okay, let, let me just say that decades ago, um, I read Gary Chapman's book, The Five Primary Love Languages. And there are five different languages, according to him, and it makes perfect sense. And one of them is words of affirmation. But what you're saying in this book, and, it, and it's so wonderfully written, Robin, is that regardless of what your primary love language is, regardless of what your spouse or coworker or grocery store clerk's uh, primary love language is, it's really important that we use our words to show our kindness. Why, why words? Why is that important? Well, what I've really learned, of course, not only from research but also from my own personal experience is that when we hear words, we often repeat them. Mm. So if you imagine that you have an inner roommate listening to all these words and these thoughts that cross our minds, which thousands of thoughts are entering our minds every second, some of them we replay. Mm -hmm. So imagine if you were uh, electing to replay the ones that lifted you up, that put you on a positive track, that allowed you to be a blessing to others, to bring more joy to another person perhaps even a stranger. It's an amazing thing when we think about what we believe in a way we achieve. Mm -hmm. So I think the power of words and loving out loud, this entire concept, it's been life-changing for me because it's it's a reminder not to put joy or a generous thought on hold. Rather, you think something kind, say something kind, Mm, instead of letting it you know, stay within us because we might feel awkward. I think it's a a beautiful and better way. It's a magical way to live life. It's funny because um, when you were just talking about the the words that we replay and the phrases we replay in our minds over and over again, I remember years and years ago um, when I was facing the early stages of cancer and I ended up healing myself. It's a long story. But anyway, my um, therapist at the time, she says, have you ever taken like a chunk of time off? And I'm like, no, well, you know, a week or something. She says, take, see if you can take a month off and just be present. And when I woke up in the morning, I was shocked at the negativity, the words, the negative words that were going through my head over and over and over again. 
So what you're talking about is giving people other words to put into their heads that will re- be replayed over and over again. I really am. I'm, I'm really also talking about what it means to slow down. Mm. Um, once we overschedule, which we all do because so many people need us or we've made obligations or we have emotional commitments to try to really help someone uh-huh. beyond ourselves, manage our family, our obligations at work our obligations in, in a relationship. And what happens is we start focusing on just a checklist in life. So I really talk in Loving Out Loud about simple things you can do right now. There are hundreds of ideas from the experts, from individuals who have learned how to make a shift to a life where they feel a life well lived. And one of those shifts is to shift your to-do list to a to-love list. That does not dismiss all your errands and all the things you must do, Uh because that's part of life. But if we stop and take a deep breath, everyone listening right now, if we take a deep breath and we say, where do we have regret? It might have been that we just rushed through a conversation, hung up on someone abruptly, Mm -hmm. didn't stop to say hello to, you know, a friend, a neighbor. Oh, gosh, what are they going to think? See, all these thoughts are caused by a chain reaction. And you talk, Christine, about deeper wisdom. The deeper wisdom here is quite simple. When we slow down enough to stay calm and share a kind word or the better part of ourselves for even a moment, a smile, a hello, Mm -hmm. or even a kind word, we actually create a vibration, something that starts to go around us and brings us back the warmth perhaps we even give. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really powerful way to transform a moment, a moment into something momentous, magical, miraculous. It's shocking when you say hello to someone and say, I'd like to get to know you better. You seem like such a nice person. Mm-hmm. And you become fast friends. Right. You know, that actually happens a lot. It and it can happen to you, too, if you take the risk. So I'm curious, Robin, are you talking about you know, just positivity is it, or does it go deeper than that? Because I think there's, there are a lot of people in the consciousness movement who have believed, oh, we just have to say positive thoughts. We just have to um, you know, stay positive. And yet oftentimes there's this underlying um, alternate feeling. Um, where they're not really being genuine? I love your question, and let me tell you why. Right now I have a family member who's beloved, like my heart, Mm -hmm. and they're going through a very serious illness. Mm. And I don't feel so upbeat. I don't feel so positive. So when I have a sad thought or a difficult thought or a thought that's stressful, I let it pass through me. Mm-hmm. I recognize that it's real. It's honest. Uh-huh. I might share it with a trusted friend who lifts me up or just listens. And then I realize that this too shall pass, and I might have a good moment in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not so hard on myself for feeling so down. Right. And I think what we're talking about here, it's not Pollyanna. Mm-hmm. It's not rose-colored glasses. It's not even just a positivity movement. You know what it is? It's a, it's a mission to be gentle with one's thoughts and oneself. Mm, yeah. And to say to yourself when you look in the mirror in the morning, instead of I could look in the mirror and say, Robin, you look exhausted right now. Uh-huh. And you look like you just got run over by a Mack truck. And perhaps in a way I did. Uh-huh. But you know what? I can look in the mirror and I could say, you've got this. Right. Outstanding prognosis. We're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. It could be rough, but you go, girl. Yeah. And then you re-enter the moments of life. Because life, you're going to get hit. Whether yeah. it's my aunt once said, middle, beginning, end, we all get hit somehow. Mm-hmm. And how we choose to respond to it, we can be authentic and not always be upbeat, but we could still be a blessing to someone else. Right. We can still show up, lift up, and not give up. And I think that's why we're, we're in this together. You and I talking and everyone listening, 
we're in this together. It's yeah. this, if you try to do it alone, isolation does not work well. Right. So if we are choosing to share kindness in the form of kind words, can you give us an example of, of you know, how somebody might do that? I think that in certain situations we, we have this idea of what that would look like. But in your book, you talk about a variety of ways to share it. Just give us an example, please, Robin. Okay. Well, first of all, everyone listening, you, have, you, have, you are predisposed to something kind. And while you might not be best known for being the kindest person in the room, perhaps you are when you show up. You're the one that brings joy and happiness to everyone, and you're known for that, and, and you enjoy that role. So we have, we have introverts and we have extroverts, and the world needs all of us, okay? But if you are going to try to be kind, the first thing I'd like to say is instead of running around giving compliments, because someone could say that's false flattery, mm-hmm. um, that doesn't look, you know, that looks ingenuous, and it does not look sincere, here's what I'd like to assign you today, right now. How about paying attention, a little attention, to something someone's doing that either makes the world a better place or uh-huh. maybe they're um, cleaning up a room or taking out the trash or they, 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 they did something that just was kind. They answered the phone with a smile, made someone's day, little something. Uh-huh. Now, there are two ways to look at it. You're in the checkout line at the grocery store and they're holding up the line because the person at the counter, the clerk, is so slow. Well, if you're stressed by that, your day is going to have a moment that's ruined. Mm-hmm. The other person in the same line is saying to themselves, gosh, they're doing a good job. That clerk wants to check every line item, so I'm not overcharged. Uh-huh. And that person takes a deep breath and observes other people and enjoys the day, and they're smiling and saying hello, and they had both of them had the same five minutes. Mm-hmm. I watched this a few weeks ago. Uh-huh. Same five minutes, one person's like totally out of their mind, ready to go, like, couldn't go fast enough, and the other person, that five minutes, they enjoyed it, and they thanked the clerk, and she responded and said it was her first day, and she just wanted to get it right. So we don't know each other's stories. Christine, you don't know mine. I don't know yours. Well, I did read yours, and yours is a powerful story of, of triumphing over a challenging time, and you chose instead of to be bitter you chose to be better mm-hmm. so how do we go be better you know how oh, we remember that okay so last few minutes didn't go so well but i get another turn mm-hmm. you know yes. i i can stop moment. my day and take a deep breath and say slow down you know calm down don't hurry don't worry trust the process all the words mm-hmm. alexander Sauter said on my coffee mug that i drink coffee from uh-huh. every day or we can rush through life. And I just suggest if you try slowing down, you will observe. You, you do not have to be a tornado. You can actually be a little bit of a gentle rainstorm <laughs> and learn how to move towards, I think, a, a brighter light uh-huh. than this really dark, crazy thing that, you know, we do every day. Yeah. And we rush through life. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we're going to talk a little bit about the darkness and craziness that's out there and how we can stay in our hearts and share kindness, despite of or perhaps even because of. Stay tuned for more with Robin Spiesman here in just a few moments. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. 
Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. If you struggle with fear and anxiety, you know how powerless and stuck these emotions can make you feel. You've tried everything, but nothing helped you overcome these blocks. Dr. Friedman Schaub, award-winning author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, created a special program which helped thousands of his clients to become healthy, happy, and confident again. Learn how to eliminate negative self-talk, let go of your emotional baggage, and replace limiting beliefs. With Dr. Friedman's accelerated program, you can break through your challenges. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field, or aura, surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. How many times do you find yourself saying, it was nothing? Next time someone tells you great job, you'll know how to accept it and not deflect it by listening to Courage to be Seen Radio with host Sherry Clark. Sherry Clark is an experienced global engineering leader, coach, and mentor. From her experiences one-on-one coaching to corporate consulting and executive coaching, Sherry has learned many women need at least three things to discover and face success. Learn about the ACES program, how to survive male-dominated fields with grace and authenticity, and reach the top without ever once giving up on who you are. Courage to be Seen host Sherry Clark explores the awesome power of your entire self. Check out her website, CourageToBeSeen.com, and listen to the first Tuesday of the month at 11 a.m. Pacific with host Sherry Clark. You have the courage to be seen. See you later. Welcome back to the Christine Uptrich Show here on KKNW in Seattle and Transformation Talk Radio around the world. We are talking to New York Times bestselling author Robin Spiesman, and um, we are talking about loving out loud, the, the power of kind words. Okay, so one of the things that you've talked about and mentioned like two, three different times I lost track was the importance of slowing down. Robin, what does slowing down have to do with kindness? Well, it's a very interesting thing. Individuals listening, I've I've got a lot of feedback, and individuals who've read Loving Out Loud, The Power of a Kind Word, tell me that it's like turn their lives around because it's baby steps. Mm -hmm. It's not like they open the book and they all of a sudden have to go out and be like super-duper, fantastic, loving, kind, wonderful they actually really start to see themselves in a different light. And that shift is what this is about. So I'm standing up right now, and I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. Now I'm balancing. Like I could lean a little to the left, a little to the right. Then the other foot goes in front of the other foot, and I'm still balancing. Like this is good. So I'm centered. I'm balanced. I'm present with my steps. And then, of course, now I'm about to fall over to the side. Uh Uh-huh. Well, kindness uh, please don't fall over a, while we're talking on the radio, Robin. No, no, no. I wouldn't do that. No, it's and, and anyone driving like you don't do this exercise. You yeah. wait till you get home. It's obvious. But 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 and, and I just but the truth is those little baby steps is how kindness is broken down. We don't go to kindness one oh one university. Mm-hmm. We are raised by either kind individuals or examples that have not been the best in life. So we have to make conscious decisions about who will we be today, mm-hmm. now, this minute. And that baby step and that those, you know, how we teach children to, to be a kinder finder. Instead of I spy, you know, and we I spy red or green or brown, I mm-hmm. spied with my daughter when she was a little girl and my son, kind people doing nice things. Yes. 
And as she was in charge of the thank you company, a pretend family company, and her job was to hire at the age of three whoever she saw that was being kind. Uh-huh. And so she'd say to me, what is kind? And I'd say, well, humankind. Humankind is what we're called, and it's humans being kind. I mean, it made sense to me, right? Humankind. Right. It's like, well, that that's pretty obvious. But to a child, kindness breaks down to when someone helps someone else, mm-hmm. when someone uses a kind voice, the tone of their voice is yeah. not hush, right, let's go, let's go, hurry, we're, we're late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So children learn by example, by Berg, the, the co you know, the, the wonderful author of the book, The Go-Giver, he said, you know, children learn by three things, example, example, example. <laughs> yes. And so I think this book, because that chapter on raising kinder children and all the great things grandparents can do, uh-huh. see, I have an I Love You library in our house. It's just a bunch of books in a closet. But the I Love You library means when we take a book out, we're going to take care of it. We're not going to tear its page or mm-hmm. color on a page. And when we turn it, we're going to be gentle because a book is meant to be loved. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to be kind to the book and put it back so the next family member can find it. Right. So Roro, that's my grandma name. Roro has these rules, and the rules are quite fun. And um, they, they, the book is like it's like a precious thing instead of a thing you toss on the floor into the next and the next and the next. Yes. So I think the manner in which we are going back to raising children, we have to look at toys. And my funniest story, Christine, is I was at this huge event. My little, I have wonderful grandchildren, and my little granddaughter Danny says. Um, Roro, uh, can I help you? And I said, sure. I mean, I was welcoming a thousand people, this huge benefit for Children's Health Care of Atlanta, uh-huh. where I'm very active. And, and she said, what can I do? And I said, well, Danny, you be in charge of when you meet someone and they say hello, here's what you could say. And I said, what do you think you could say? She came up with, it's nice to meet you. And I said, oh, fantastic. And I said, I'm going to give you something for that. She said, what, a toy? I said, no. I said, candy? I said, no. I said, a thumbs up. Uh-huh. And she smiled, and every time she said, it's nice to meet you, the adults were shocked because here's a polite child. And then right. she felt so good, and she's getting thumbs up and double thumbs up from, uh-huh. you know, Roro. Sure. But I, I think that lesson is what it's all about. We must motivate with kindness if we want to really build kind manners. Yes. And it, for some reason, it reminds me of um, what Mr. Rogers said about ah. in any kind of crisis, any kind of emergency or you know bad situation, look for the helpers. And mm. I think that our focus on those who do help, those who are being kind, as opposed to looking at those who are, who are unkind or who, you know, are, aren't contributing in, in some way is an important way to kind of identify what it is we want to be and what it is we appreciate. And if you want to be remembered, how do you want to, Christine, how would you like to be remembered one day long, long beyond, you know, know, our space on earth? How would you like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered by um, being present with others and loving people and enough so that they remember to love themselves. Ah, see that's so you know, you know the end game. Mm-hmm. And and we can't get the end game if we don't think about now. What can I can do to contribute as mm-hmm. you are? You're living your life on purpose and mm-hmm. it's very clear in your work. You're you're receiving as much as you're giving and you're giving so much. So Everyone listening, again, it's kind of like when you recognize your personal power, the personal power is in the little things. Mm -hmm. Because the grand things are great. If you could donate a million dollars and build, you know, like someone I know is building a homeless shelter, and these are amazing things. Uh But the rest of us, maybe we can't do that, but we can walk out the door and say thank you to the post lady. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could at the at the you know um, store when someone's grumpy. Wonder why? 
for yeah. a minute. Yeah. I wondered why this gentleman, he was the grumpiest person I've ever met. I hated going into the store. And one day I said to him, how are you doing today? I said, it looks like you're having a tough day. And he looked at me and he explained why he had just gotten out of a very serious accident. And he mm-hmm. was recovering. And it was, it was very hard for him to use his hands as he counted the money at the cash mm-hmm. register. Yeah. And I said, now I understand you. And he said, why do you mean that? Because I'm grumpy? I said, no, just because I, I realize now that I have a better understanding of how to appreciate you. You're working so hard. I said, you're, you're pretty remarkable. That's and from that great. point forward, I, I've enjoyed going back into the store. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we don't know each other's story. So here's the deal, everyone. If you don't know someone's story, why in the world would you be impatient with them? You don't know what's happening in their lives. So how about give people the benefit of the doubt? So, but it doesn't mean don't have boundaries, Christine, because yeah. boundaries are important. And the Absolutely. Loving Out Loud talks about those. There are difficult people that are irrational mm-hmm. and that we must have boundaries and there are problems the book cannot solve. Uh-huh. But this book will set you and your family on a different course and help you learn how to raise kinder children mm-hmm. who make friends more easily and so will you. I mean, what could be wrong with that, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think about boundaries. I think that people are often confused that boundaries come from this place of, I'm not going to be victimized, this reactive kind of um, relationship with somebody else. But really, true boundaries are, um, no, that's not okay. And here's the natural consequence. You, you may not cross here. And it's about loving yourself within the context of whatever situation or relationship. Ah, perfectly put. Absolutely. And you said it all when you said there's also a way to deliver that. Uh-huh. Because the goal in all communication, regardless of whatever language you have or choose, it's that someone else hears you. Mm-hmm. And we cannot hear each other with knee-jerk reactions that are defensive And if we pause, learn to take a breath, and someone says something and you do not like it, Uh or it was something that just, you know, you disagree with, they were not correct about who you are as a person, take a breath, and instead of being defensive, try to respond differently if you wish to make a change. Mm -hmm. You don't want to, if you want to argue for the rest of your life, go for it. Trust me. (laughs) Yeah. That's not going to bring a lot of happiness, though. (laughs) It's not going to, you could be happy or you can be right. Uh Which one do you want to be? Because you can be right and you can defend (laughs) your position for the rest of your life. I'm just not so sure you can learn that. Let someone else be wrong. You Mm -hmm. know, that's a great statement. Let someone else be wrong Uh if it doesn't hurt anyone. And it's not that big of a deal. Uh But for the big deals in life where something really has hurt you or upset you, we've been there You can hold a grudge or you can hold your thoughts, review them, think about them, Mm -hmm. pause, wait a day, and see how really upsetting the thought is. And maybe ask, in this book, Dr. Rick Blue, a psychologist, states, ask for the gift of listening. Mm. Instead of, you know, Christine, I don't know why you did this and this and this and this. Mm -hmm. I would come to you and say, Christine, may I have the gift of listening, mm-hmm. yeah, then you have to either be in the present moment with me or it's not a good time, Robin, mm-hmm. till we talk later. Yeah. Okay, fine. Please, I'd love to, you know, have a little chat with you about some thoughts I have. Mm-hmm. This is See, a, that's kind. It that's is kind. kind. And a game changer. We have to go to another quick break, but stay tuned for more with Robin Spiesman. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. For centuries, spiritual traditions have talked about how humans have an energy field, or aura, surrounding them. Although skeptical scientists refuted this for decades, science is now beginning to catch up with spirituality. Scientists can actually measure light emanating from living beings, so they can measure the human aura, which in scientific terms is known as the biofield. Many medical practitioners around the world use an instrument to evaluate a patient's biofield for the purpose of diagnosing illness. 
They understand that imbalanced or insufficient light in a person's energy field indicates a physical or emotional problem. The good news? There are ways to balance and increase your light, resulting in greater well-being. For more information, please check out StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. This is Debbie Pokornik with a break-free parenting tip. If you haven't been practicing active listening or not getting into some bad habits, it's a good idea to go back to the basics and remind yourself how to be a good listener. Here's an idea that might help. When your child comes to you with a story about her day, set aside whatever you're doing and give her your full attention. If you're in the middle of something that can't be put aside, tell her that you really want to be able to give her story your full attention and ask if you could continue the conversation at a specific time. So for example, this sounds like an important story and I'd really like to give it my full attention. Can we talk about it in 10 minutes when supper's in the oven? Active listening might sound like common sense, but often it's these simple skills that get buried in our parenting pack and easily forgotten or overlooked. Challenge yourself to practice this skill for a full week and see if you notice a difference in how much your child is sharing. For information and to work with Debbie, visit EmpoweringNRG.com. Right now, ask yourself, how far are you from your dream? Are you closer today than yesterday? Entrepreneur and personal coach Deborah Rothschild brings the wit and wisdom to transform you into a new dynamic you. Tune in to the Deborah Rothschild Show, developing a dynamic you. To learn more about Deborah, visit thedebrashow.com. That's the D E B R A show.com. Tune in live every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on transformationtalkradio.com. Your money is your creational energy. When you feed your wealth back into what you love, it signals your choices and returns to you. Tune in to Money Momentum with host Karen Baines and learn the truth about the widely misunderstood creative energy that is the cash in your pocket. Realign the things you can't see to get the results you can see. Listen every month for a whole new hour on how to get the money already aligned to who you are. For more information on Karen and Money Momentum, visit soulwhispers.uk. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance. From the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On the Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. Welcome back to the Christine Eftrich Show here on KKNW in Seattle and Transformation Talk Radio around the world. I'm talking today with New York Times bestselling author Robin Spiesman. Um, her latest book is very powerful, Loving Out Loud, The Power of a Kind Word. Oh, my goodness. You know, one of the things that I keep coming back to, Robin, as we're discussing your, your powerful approach to kind of validating others is how we often aren't kind to ourselves. So how does this, your process, your approach affect us personally? Well, there was two reasons I wrote this book. One was grief. I'd lost both of my parents, and it was just the depth of pain. I missed them terribly, and they lived a beautiful, long life, but it just, for me, didn't seem long enough. And mm -hmm. I think the point was I recognized they poured so much love into me. It was a way to keep them alive, to pour that love back into others in the world and in their memory and to take something they valued and make it personal for me. And that was a really significant loving out loud shift because I was loved out loud. Mm -hmm. And I recognized not everybody has been loved out loud. Right. Um, then the second part was love. I remarried a very wonderful man seven, eight years ago. And um, he's a man of a few words, and he married a woman of a lot of words. Uh -huh. 
what happened was he said for Valentine's Day, what would you like, sweetheart? And here I've reported on gift giving products for 35 years. And uh-huh. I said, I said, you know what? I think it's time where it's not about a gift. It's about, why don't you just say something kind to me in the morning? And he said, every morning, in fact. And he said, okay, I'll go for that. And he said, how about good morning, beautiful? Oh. And for the last seven years, every morning, he says, good morning, beautiful. And it's a post-it note by the cereal bowl. Or when I say I need a hug, it could be at nighttime, I'll go, good morning, beautiful. And it's like our little our little language. It's a little tradition where we pause. And I feel very um, validated by it. Uh-huh. But I think I think what I was able to do where I invite everyone to consider this, let your family know how you wish and friends wish to be loved. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're scared to say that. we might run, Someone might run off or it's like demanding a gift. No, uh-huh. it's really not. Right. When you learn that, I, am, I value what I think. And when you say kind words to me, a specific word, you know, like, like thank you for and fill in the blank, uh-huh. like make your response specific. I'm more likely to do it again. What yeah. a concept. Yeah. Although so I, I think if that we people start recognizing that it's very powerful within the family unit. Mm-hmm. And, and it is powerful. But, I, yeah. but yeah. I, I wonder, I think that there are a lot of people who on some level think they don't deserve to be loved. Um, and so asking for that is huge. How, how does a person get beyond, like, well, if I have to ask for it, I'm not really loved, or, you know, I shouldn't really ask for this because I'll be too needy? Why is it important for somebody to ask for what they need? I, first, I love, I love your awareness, because, see, we have a lot of listeners out there who might feel that life has been really rough to them, uh-huh. and um, perhaps they're not worthy or deserving. See, only we, each one of us, can change our inner dialogue. Right. So I don't come with a lot of rules here. This is what's interesting about the movement, Loving Out Loud, The Power of a Kind Word. I come with one idea. What happens when you go first? If mm-hmm. you don't tell yourself you're doing good, you're doing your best, mm-hmm. you're a kind person, you You've got this. Um, You've made a difference in one person's life. You were, you know, kind to someone in seventh grade. Whatever the story is, if you can't go first, see, I don't know how many people are going to follow. So if you want to create a change, you must be that change you wish to become. Right. To create the world you wish to envision. So you envision it. If I want to be a kinder person and I step out of this room and then I look down at the ground when I'm walking, I'm on an elevator, do not make eye contact, I go to my car, I avoid everything and everyone, a friend calls to say hello, I'm too hurried. See, I'm just closing the door. So I think that my awareness is simply to say, if you want a life with a lot of regret and you want to postpone joy of any kind, then, then avoid kindness because mm-hmm. it's generally what starts to happen. And so I just don't want you to talk yourself out of being present in life because the word present is a gift, right? Right. Yeah. So, okay, can you give us some examples within a business setting, say, of how we can, can be kind to others? Because I think that we understand some of that, you know, the, the kindness within the, the family, um, maybe even kindness with strangers. But let's say we're in a business meeting. How do we show kindness to others? And how, what effect does that have on our working relationship and the work itself? Well, I, first of all, there's an entire chapter on, on kindness at work. Uh-huh. And I am a, I have worked at multi-million dollar companies. I have been in charge of communications. I have watched it work on the most professional, unbelievable level. So here's how it works. One person makes it okay to be kind. They do one kind thing. Mm -hmm. In one environment I worked at, the coolest thing was someone brought in all these little 
it, they were just little, you know, dollar toys. They were just funky little things. And uh-huh. anytime someone did something nice, you put one of those on their desk. So the entire company, everyone was given one. Uh-huh. So if someone did something nice, then you put this your little toy on someone's desk. Uh-huh. And if you started noticing, they did a little experiment in the first week. And in the first week, there were like six or seven desks that were filled with toys. Uh-huh. So they had those six people stand up in front of 500 employees and talk about what in the world did they do to earn all those toys? Yeah, that's great. So the little experiment, it was insane. So the little experiment, so every time I would visit this this business, there would be certain desks just covered in toys. And I'd ask them, what did you do? And they generally didn't do much. Uh-huh. They either noticed someone's photo on their desk and said, what a beautiful baby. Uh-huh. And then the person would say, isn't every baby beautiful? Uh-huh. And they'd say, well, particularly yours. Uh-huh. I love that smile. So you see, noticing someone else where they're not invisible. Number two, another company around the table, they had a morning meeting every Monday and about 30 people sat around this very big boardroom table and talked about very famous clients. And I was sitting there And this company went around the table, and they tried. Everyone had to say one good thing. Now, remember how easy it is to complain, right? Oh, it is, yes. So the boss would say one good thing, and everybody else would say one good thing. And then all these one good things just became, it was kind of like a love fest, and it wasn't like maple syrup. It was like real. Uh So if one person noticed one good thing, They're minor, small, tiny little things that become major, giant, big things when people duplicate the habits. And they just built a better business in the Monday morning meeting. Everybody, they they prepared for their, you know, jobs and their reports, but their favorite part of the meeting was one good thing. That's great. That's great. And I I think about how um, a lot of people are not working in their ideal job. Um, or there are aspects of work that they really don't like, but if they feel like people see them and appreciate them on some level, that probably makes it much more um, much more heartening to come into work and to show up fully for their jobs. Well, I'll tell you, Christine, one, one amazing boss, um, Tony Conway, runs a legendary event in Atlanta, very well-known event, you know, catering company that's just very famous. Um, he, you know, Tony would have an ice cream truck come once a month to celebrate everyone's birthdays. Uh-huh. And you would have thought everyone was like, you know, like a kid you uh-huh. know, at the candy store because it was so much fun. Right. And I think we have to return. And then during lunch or occasionally they would have like a moment where everyone danced in the halls. I mean, it was like oh, that's great. bringing fun back to work. Remember, we're all kids. So here's my one comment to everyone listening. What do you do that loves out loud? You might bake. You might dance. Uh You might sing. Bring it to work. Try one day. It's someone's birthday. Get everyone who loves to sing at their door and be a birthday caroler, right? Not just during the holidays. (laughs) Yes. Have fun again. It's in this book, Loving Out Loud. Have fun again. Add fun back to your work life. Uh, This is fabulous. Stay tuned for more in just a few moments. Have you been seeing numbers like 111 and 222 everywhere you go? Do you feel that the universe may be trying to get your attention, perhaps offering a message of some sort? As it turns out, numerical patterns and certain types of geometry form the very fabric of our reality, from cells under a microscope to the astronomy of our night sky. At Stellar Reflections, we offer special sessions which tap into these patterns, designed specifically to support you on your journey. The 111 and 222 activations are sessions activating new patterns in your energy field, which in turn can help you create new patterns in your life. After just one session with a practitioner, either in person or via distance, clients report gaining greater clarity, becoming more intuitive, and honoring their inner truth as they move forward in their lives. Curious about what these transformational sessions might do for you? Call 425-999-9836 or visit StellarReflections.com. That's StellarReflections.com. Have you lost a loved one and would desperately love a sign to prove that they are okay? Here's a tip for you. Be curious. Keep an open mind about everything. 
The proof will come from the most unlikely places. The messages promise to challenge your current beliefs in what you've been taught. Accept and appreciate all, no matter where they come from. I'm Angie Corbett Kuiper. I would love for you to share your signs from beyond on my closed Facebook page, Beyond Grief. What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. I'm Christine Upchurch, and this is a Stellar Reflections Minute. What does the word healing mean? Many think that healing merely means eliminating symptoms. However, based on my many years as a healer, I have a much broader perspective on the word. Healing can manifest in a variety of ways, including having physical problems resolved, becoming more emotionally centered, experiencing better relationships, gaining greater clarity, and feeling more spiritually connected. True healing always includes some level of transformation. Whatever form healing takes, there is one commonality, an improvement in quality of life. To me, the highest form of healing goes beyond aligning with wellness. It comes from recognizing our soul's voice and allowing it to speak through us. And in that sense, don't we all yearn to heal into our wholeness? Please visit StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Welcome back to the Christina Church Show. I'm so grateful you've joined us here today, and um, your listening here today matters. What you're offering in the world matters, and uh, I'm really excited that what Robin told me over the uh, over the break. She was talking about the proceeds from this book, Loving Out Loud. Robin, where are these proceeds going? I I'm going to use them to make a difference. I already have. I've already been working hard to. Um, gift my resources from this book. I've written 75 books. I'm, I'm kind of crazy writer, like love to write, but I'm searching in this book now for meaning, not money. Uh-huh. I'm hoping each person buy the book and read the book and then gift the book to someone else. And let me know. I'm at robinspeisman.com, loving out loud. The power of a kind word is at amazon.com on all digital platforms and New World Library has published this book because they believe there's a a mission here that we can join. So what I'm hopeful is you recognize this book, I I want nothing to gain but making your life brighter, Mm. and then the people you relate to, you will be a ripple of change, and that is an amazing gift. It's the most powerful one I know. And um, I just want to spell your name for people. It's R O B Y N S P I Z M A N. And uh, it. so it's com, And you've got all these wonderful examples and anecdotes throughout this book of how simple kindness of words can have profound effects. You know, Robin, I'm in this day of our political chaos here in the U.S. In these days of Twitter and hiding behind social media to to get the jabs out, there are a lot of negative words flying about. How do we stay within our own hearts? How do we continue to be kind when it's really the antithesis of kindness that's getting spewed about? Well, there's your answer. Because of the incivility of, of life at this moment and what we're witnessing, why can't we take our corner of the world, our corner of the earth, like your neighborhood, your little moment that surrounds you in your home or apartment or wherever you are in life, and you be the difference. Because it's not, we, if we think that we have to do it all, it's going to be very difficult. Right. But what if we just do a little bit, each one of us does a little bit. I am absolutely confident there's a revolution of kindness that's simply happening. Uh There are kind people around you at this very minute. They deserve to be thanked, not to be dismissed because they are too nice, but to be celebrated because they are good. 
and that's what good looks like. And when I asked my 88-year-old dad who had Alzheimer's, Dad, why are you so good? Uh-huh. He said to me, because I don't know how to be bad. Uh-huh. So let's not, let's look at life and say, let's be good, guys. Come on, this mm-hmm. is this is a special life we've got. Cherish it. It's interesting Cherish others. when you talk about your, your um, parents being elderly and passing, it just reminded me of my mother who was um, a challenging person to, to stay kind around at, at moments. And yet as she developed um, dementia, yep. it was like it took that ego away and she was so loving and so kind. And it just taught me that that's what our true nature is. Love, uh, kindness, yeah. that, that's who we really are. And see, in your case, you had a challenge, and then your mom returned. And my father was always kind, and Alzheimer's did not take that away, mm. which was incredible mm. to understand. So here's the deal. No matter what, if we, if we look for a reason to be kind, we're missing the whole boat here. Be kind simply because it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Give it a shot. Yeah. It works. Yeah. Um, one final word to our listeners in about a minute or less. Um, what's h- how how do we learn to be kind uh, within the context of say a, a heated argument? Listen, if you do anything new in your life, listen. And be okay to be uncomfortable sometimes hearing words you do not want to hear. Mm. And then decide, what would you like this relationship to look like? And if you respond negatively or you argue or you knee-jerk your reaction, Mm -hmm. you're going to get the same old thing you always got. So perhaps take, take a little piece from this show. Take one little tidbit. One post-it note from this show and say to yourself, if I go first, I respond differently than I have, might it start a chain of events? And you're going to have to stick with it. It's not going to be easy. Mm -hmm. But nothing really great that's accomplished is easy, right? Yeah. So give it a shot. Give it a try. And go first and pick one person and love them out loud. Call them and say, you know, I was remembering when you did that kind deed, you left the dinner at my doorstep, and I just want to tell you that that didn't go away in my mind. Mm-hmm. I extorted it in my heart. It meant a lot to me. Yeah. And just try, kind of revisit, revisit the kindness list you have in your life, the people that have done kind things, and then remember, remember a power of a thank you. Thank people. Stop mm-hmm. and thank someone. But be specific with your appreciation. Notice what they are doing right. And tell them, love out loud. This is fabulous. Again, the book is called Loving Out Loud. It makes me look at LOL very differently. Robin, it's been a joy to have you here. And I am so grateful that you're bringing this to the world. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Bye-bye. And I want to thank you for joining us here today. Um, You too make a difference in the world. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you'd like to empower yourself to step further into your vibration of change, please visit my website at christineupchurch.com where you can learn more about my insights, upcoming events, and private sessions.